morning, everybody. Welcome to Down to Earth with Harriet Kimmick. It's the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today we are going to explore why is there a global fertility crash? And I know that everybody is going to, you, you're going to want to hear this and you're going to want to know what is a global fertility crash and why are we having one? But if you think about it, when you think about how many children do you and I have, and you look at your relatives and some of you are like, I don't know about that Harriet. Some of my relatives have five to six to nine kids. Am I saying anything here? <laughs> I didn't call any names. I didn't point any fingers, right? But why is there a global fertility crash? And the truth of the matter is that something is going on in our populations around the world. Something is going on where we're probably not uh, doing what we should do. Tongue in cheek. So we're going to talk about that. But first, yesterday was election day across the country, wasn't it? Uh, and you're all like, oh, <laughs> right? So yesterday was election day. My, uh, my good friend in Flint, Karen Weaver, lost her seat to a worthy gentleman. I don't think she wanted it anymore. <laughs> I think she felt burnt out. The, the public spectacle that her life had become was just wearing on her. She didn't have the fight. She was just kind of, oh, oh okay, oh, let it go, whatever, whatever, whatever. So I want to know, why is there a global fertility crash? And the answer is a complex situation of answers. I mean, it's, it's really quite complex. And, you know, we, we here uh, in the Western world, and, and I want to say shout out to all my viewers. Thank you so much for viewing our broadcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. You make me feel good. I feel like I can brag on you all. You all give me bragging rights, like seriously. Like, I just want to say thank you. Uh, you know, yesterday I was uh, in the nail shop. I was getting, uh, you know, doing some self-care. Don't judge me. We all need some self-care. And... There was a Judge Judy episode <laughs> and a young man was trying to explain to Judge Judy that he live streams for, for, for a living. And she was beyond it. I mean, she was, because the way in which he did it, he was doing it when he goes on a date. <laughs> and she's trying to understand what's with this generation, you know, always putting everything out there. And I felt good because his, you know, as much as he has a lot of folks and so on, his numbers didn't even compare to mine. So I just want to say thank you to all of you. I felt like I had bragging rights. You should have seen me in the nail shop. I literally sat there and was batting my eyelashes. You can't see them right now. <laughs> but I was literally, you know, just like totally feeling myself, just totally feeling myself. So I want to tell you thank you because you do make me proud. You do give me something to feel good about. And I want you to take it one step further by downloading and subscribing to my podcast, Down to Earth. It's available on Spotify, as well as on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Just look for Down to Earth if you have your cell, your cell phones with you. Apple has a neat little purple looking uh, icon in an app that looks like, you know, radio waves coming off it. Well, that's the Apple Podcast. Just go in it. And as soon as you say Down to Earth, I'm gonna pop up. It's like just popping up right there. If you have an Android phone, then in your Google store, go to Google Podcasts. It has some lines going through it. 
that looks like lines, you know, like people communicating or whatever. And just click on that and that will bring you right to, to, to my podcast. So I thank you for subscribing. And of course, we live stream on YouTube and Twitter and Periscope. And I just want to say thank you to all of you. I feel really good. I feel really good. Yeah, I feel the love. But so you made me feel proud. So yesterday was quite the day. <laughs> it's quite the day around here. I had quite the adventure because I needed some self-care and I went to do the girl thing, right? Still have some more to do. What I do is I break it up so that I, every day I do a little bit of self-care. We all should because sometimes life gets full. I mean, you don't have to be a broadcaster or a podcaster. You don't have to be a writer. Hey, right? The topic today is the global fertility crash, right? Uh, somebody wants to know the global fertility crash. Yeah. And I want you to talk about it, right? I want you to say something about it, but you don't have to be a public person for life not to get you. Stuff happens, right? Stuff just happens. So everyone, every day, you should take some time to just do a little self-care. So I did the me thing I, and I break it up. So there's still more to do. Tomorrow I'll do the hair part. The next day I'll go do the facials and so on. I do my own facials at home and I've been doing them for a while. You don't know what it is? Well, thank you for stopping by. We're going to talk about the global fertility crash. So while I was doing that, I went to, and then I went and got some chocolate and you know, you know, the usual works and stuff like that. It helps. Self-care is very important, right? So I was scrolling through my, my feed yesterday and I came across a story as usual, as you know, I read, right? I read a lot, right? And sometimes I don't think I read enough. I really don't read as much as I want to, right? Your mind is incredibly retentive. Do you know that? So you, do you know why some people are considered smart? They're considered smart because they have the ability to retain information. I think what we have all done to ourselves is we have dumbed ourselves down in terms of allowing ourselves to only retain information that's not important. Like you read, they fill our timelines with stuff on entertainment. Who cares about what people live and do like? What you really want is knowledge because knowledge is what powerful and empowering. The more knowledge you have is it sets you apart. Sometimes it's scary for others, especially if you're applying for a job, but it turns out you know more than the person who is hiring you or the person whom you're going to report to. But knowledge is empowering and knowledge builds your confidence and makes you feel more confident. So you can entertain more. You can talk to more people. So I don't think I read enough, but I was reading the story on the global fertility crash and ladies and gentlemen, did it shock me? You bet it did. I was like, what? on earth are you talking about? Because as far as I'm concerned, people are having babies like crazy. I mean, any visit to any hospital maternity ward, if you've ever been to the baby places, the baby registry, and just by scrolling through your Facebook and Instagram feed, they don't do it a lot on Twitter, but Facebook and Instagram, people are just loaded with baby shower and gender reveal parties. I mean, just the other day, somebody out somewhere in, in Kansas, I think, was having a gender reveal party and a family member died because they did an explosion thingy that was designed to explode to show that it was going to be a boy, but the thing went off and, and someone died. And I was like, haven't they taken this a little too far? Well, it turns out there is a global fertility crash 
And what they're saying is that women today, we're apparently not having children. And look who's talking, I had to say. We're apparently not having as many children as we should, as we used to. In the 1950s, the average woman had, the woman, uh, you know, a woman had an average of 5.1 children. This is what this report says, right? But today, we're having like 2.4 population requirements and for the, the race to continue, for the human race to continue, requires that we should have 2.1. So at 2.4, we are barely there. And especially in developing countries. So what they're saying now is that immigration, right, is helping developing developed countries like the United States and Western Europe to continue but still, we're still not having as many children as we should. So they looked at some other countries, right? And I'm gonna give you some examples. It's gonna highlight this for you. Many of us know that China had the one-child policy for maybe about 30, 40 years. You remember that? That you could only have one child, that people in China could only have one child, and that child had to be male. We don't wanna speculate what happened in China, because maybe someday I'll go to China you don't want to hear that I don't come back, right? So because they do stuff like that. China is weird like that. They're weird, right? They don't, the human rights, what are those, right? Human, they cut people open in China. They gut people open and take their organs out while they're still alive and harvest their organs. So China is weird. So in China, they had a one-child policy for decades. And that one-child policy was only males. So if, if, if people had female children, they had the, some people had, they had to kill them or they hid them. People used to hide their children and make them grow up like boys until it was too late, especially out in the rural areas or they would run to the countryside. Well, guess what? Like we all knew that was going to backfire and it backfired on China. So now China has eliminated that one child policy. And having rescinded it, they now recognize that if they don't do something about their population, they won't have enough people to in the, in the country. Now, why is it important to have a group of people in your country? Why? Tell me. You won't have workers. And if you don't have workers, they won't pay taxes. And if they don't pay taxes, goods and services won't run. So this is a name for the people who say, well, if it's just a few of us and it's just a few of us here, we can do everything. No, apparently you need a whole lot of people to be able to work in different sectors of your society to keep the engines of your society going. So for all the people out there who think, and y'all are watching me on this, for all the people out there who think you can only have one group of people, the rest of us have been laughing because this fact that we do know, it takes everybody to make it happen. So when they were jumping up and having rallies and marches that, you know, let, don't bring in the people and don't bring in that, but the rest of us were like, are you kidding me? You need everybody to keep it going. As a matter of fact, since we stopped, uh, since the, the rush of people coming across the border have stopped and most people who came here without documentation, most people who came here without documentation, have you guys noticed that the highways is it, done? I mean, you don't have any landscaping on the highways. You go into restaurants now and you have a long wait because all the Latin cooks are gone. And the food tastes horribly in most restaurants because the, re the people who could cook are no longer there. I kid you not, it's happening. 
if you don't believe me, go eat out. And you're like, why am I waiting so long? And why does the food taste different? It never used to taste like this. Ooh, I'm not coming back to this restaurant. That's because the Latin cooks are all gone. And if you're wondering why you can't find, you can't find good uh, housekeepers. And if you go to the hotel, when you go to the hotel and you wonder why the sheets haven't been changed, not the most hotels, they don't really change their sheets often. But now you're like, why is the landscaping so bad? Why is the laundry not done? Why I sent my clothes down to the laundry and it's two days later and I have to leave tomorrow and it's still not ready. That's because the people who used to do that kind of work, they're not in, they don't, they're, they're no longer there. They've gone, they're gone, right? Okay. And then here in America in particular, white and black Americans don't do menial jobs. White and black Americans do not like menial jobs. So do you see now why it takes all people to keep the sectors of the economy going? That was the fact why the rest of us were looking on like, who doesn't get this? Like, are you really kidding me right here? Are you serious? Right? So now we have a fertility problem because now more women are going to work. And when we go to work, here's the thing. You are pressured at work not to have children, right? So you are pressured not to have to, women are pressured not to have children. If we become pregnant, the first, any woman who has ever been pregnant knows the first three months are crucial. That's when you get sick and that's when you feel nauseous. And it's also the time when you're most likely to have a, a, a miscarriage. So what happens is a lot, and I'm saying this because you guys need to know this. You, you have girlfriends, you have wives, you have sisters. So when you hear it from me, you will listen more than when she tells you. So now you see the beat, the broad-based problem that it is. So because we're being pressured not to, if you get pregnant, you lose your place in the, in the hierarchy, right? You get pregnant and you go off on maternity leave. They assign your job to someone else. When you come back, you're not, it's not the same. If you come back, because sometimes the pregnancy keeps you out for nine months. And then after that, finding childcare, childcare in the United States is horrendously expensive horrendously, tremendously expensive. So expensive, it's almost prohibitive for working families to have children and to pay for childcare. Invariably, somebody ends up staying home because you're working literally to pay for childcare. Childcare in the United States for an infant, a child who is just born from zero to five months, zero to six months, is almost, in, mo in most cases, is $850 a month. That's like two car notes, right? So you have carnal mortgage or rent, mortgage slash rent plus childcare. People are like, I can't afford that. That is what is contributing to the global fertility crash, right? So, and then of course, here in the US, we don't have paid paternity leave. So let's say the child is born, right? Uh, if the mother can take off for, for more than three weeks because you're still in a delicate state after a child is born where, where I grew up, we used to stay home for three months because that's what they thought was enough time for you to bond with a child and for you to restore, for your body to be restored. They were thinking like that. Today, it's like you drop the baby out, you better come back to work tomorrow, otherwise you won't have a job. So people are like, I wanna keep my job because I need my job to pay my bills. So people do not get pregnant. So women don't get pregnant. So the onus, so for all of those people out there who hate women, there is a reason why you hate women. You really do. Because we are 
who carry the human race. If we don't get pregnant and have a baby, they're, they're, they're no human beings. That's why some people hate women. Because no matter how they dress like a woman, put on the lipstick, the stuff, and put in the fake breasts and put in the fake butts, you still don't can't carry a child. And if you don't care, we are the continuance of the human race. Let me hear what folks are saying. That's not true. It's actually a law. You can't be fired. And welcome to the world of reality. They find reasons to fire you, hon. You, you do know that, right? Right. Okay. So you do know there are ways that people circumvent employment laws all the time, right? So they can't fire you because you're pregnant. And that's why people file lawsuits. But they can't fire you that you don't perform, that you don't come to work on time. It's a condition of the pregnancy. So people go back. It's not always that you're fired. It's, it's the case that you get so sick, you are displaced out of the workforce. You see what I'm saying? Because you get sick and because of the, there's no consideration for the fact that pregnancy is a temporary condition. It's not long-term. So you're going to be pregnant only for nine months. During that nine months, your health is going to be uh, impacted by the pregnancy. And because of that, you actually will end up not coming to work, especially in the first three months, then in the later months. And then you have to take some time off. Most people take time off after seven months to go have the baby. And then after the baby's born. Years ago, it used to be, okay, you get pregnant, go home, have the baby, come back when it's done. Now it's like, okay, fine. Then employers uh, replace someone else. They, they, they replace someone else. There are discrimination laws right? That protect you, but it still happens. Ask any woman who has been pregnant. How long can you be home after birth? Three weeks. A friend of mine, I can't disclose too much, but she was a high ranking person in an agency, right? And you would have thought that being assistant to, uh, assistant, right? Would have prevented her. She had a problematic second pregnancy. And because she knew the pressure that she was under, she was trying to stay on the job until the day of birth. She was in the courtroom and the judge told her, you need to go now because you have turned green. And truth be told, by the time she walked out of the courtroom and was calling her husband, she, she fainted. They had to take her to the hospital right away and there came the baby. It was a problematic pregnancy and a problematic birth. So she took two months off by the time she returned to work, they had someone else functioning as acting in her position. It took her two years before she, she never got back that position. They gave her something similar. So tell me again that that doesn't happen. The law allows nine weeks for women and men in the United States, nine weeks, really? Three weeks I know. So show me the law that says nine weeks. Right? So these are the factors that are contributing to the global first. Show me the law, cite the law, cite the federal law that gives nine weeks to women to stay home after a baby. Show, cite the law. No, don't just do that. Cite me the law. Show me the law. Right? Obama signed the law. He, honey, Obama signed a lot of laws that have not been enacted that were torn down that have not been enacted. There are a lot of laws. Right? So show me the law, right? So what happens now, 
uh, and we can go back and forth about how many weeks people should stay home and so on. Only six and men don't have babies. I wish. I think some, you, you know what I think? I think men should, should, the day that a man finally gets pregnant, we will never complain again. You know why? They will fix everything. Because I guarantee you, until you walk around in it, you can't know what it feels like. Right? And so, and so the, the pressures that are in advanced societies like this prevent women from wanting to get pregnant. Most women lose their footing in their careers. Like I told you about my friend. It took two years before they gave her a similar position. When she returned to work, her position was being occupied by someone else. There was nothing she could do about it. She's a lawyer. She was functioning in an agency of the government. I can't disclose what her title is, right? And these things continue to happen. You have women who lead teams and who are team leaders and who have positions. And when you get pregnant, you don't just stay home. You know, most people function that way and they can stay there. If you find an employer who is likely to be accommodating. I read one story of a woman in France for whom it worked beautifully, but that is not true of every situation. I kid you not. Have you ever thought about the people who work in retail jobs and the people who work, uh, for instance, at McDonald's, the women who work at McDonald's and so on, and who work at AutoZone and all the retail interactions that we have on a daily basis. The women who are salespeople when you go to take your car in, right? Have you ever thought about what happened to them? Oh, men are allowed under the law for helping the birth mother. We can't afford it. We can't afford it. We can't afford it in the United States. We just don't want to do it. Men should be entitled to paternity leave. If, if you're a new father or if this is your third or fourth time, men, if they want to, men should be given the option to stay home with their babies, their newborn babies, if they want to. I think that that should happen. In other countries, in other first world countries like Sweden and Finland and Denmark, this is the norm. Men get paternity leave and they stay home and help with the baby. So let's say the mother stays home for the first six weeks, the first three to four weeks. Most people combine their, uh, their, their leave, right? I read one story. Men are not allowed to stay home. I don't know about that. We don't have paternity leave in the United States. I don't know about that. I have to check with my lawyer, but I'm pretty sure that it's, it, it doesn't happen, right? Uh, that's what the guy from Reddit is pushing for. He was in, on, in, in, in Capitol Hill just this week pushing for that, wasn't it? Right. The Reddit co-founder, isn't that what he, Alexis Ohanian, isn't that what he was trying to do? Right. Okay. So there you have it. So what I'm saying is if men, men should, why shouldn't you guys stay home if you want to? You have a newborn baby. So, so let's say you're married, right? So the mother stays home for the first three to four weeks. Then dad stays home for at least three weeks. That helps not just with bonding, but that also helps financially. I read a story, one, uh, I read a story, one of the stories I read was about a woman who is a lawyer and she worked in a government agency. And I'm not talking about the one that I personally know of. This is someone I know, right? Whom this happened to. I know of another person who works for another government. I can't tell, I can't say it. They will know, you will know, right? And uh, this person, the story I was reading, she was a lawyer. She worked in, in Kansas or something like that. 
And when where she worked in Kansas, they uh, where she worked in Kansas, it was crazy. Uh, it, it it was she because she's a lawyer. She earned like sixty thousand a year. You know how that works, okay? Because she works for the the state government, and she couldn't afford to take time off. When she took time off, she couldn't afford to stay home long. She had to go get back to work. And when she got back to work, she had to take another position. This happens to women. It sounds like most of you got. I have six children, and my wife could only stay home. My job only gave me three days. Thank you. Right? So the thing I'm saying is, this is what is contributing to the global fertility crash. Now, in some ethnic groups, for instance, amongst Hispanics, they have a different outlook. How they do it is the mother stays home with the children until they're past 10. So she has one child, she waits. When they're all at a certain age, by the time they're eight and 10, that's when she goes back to work. But in those early three, four, five months, six, seven, eight month olds, a year old, two years old, they stay home with their children. Now, in other parts of the world, like where I was talking about China, one woman said, and I was amazed to read this, that China is no ha actually has women's rights and no recognized women's rights and anti-discrimination rights. I'm like, wow, it's time to move into the 21st century, huh? And she said that she was leading a team and she was like an assistant vice president in a company. And when she got pregnant, the pregnancy, they she took some time off. And when she went back to work, they actually fired her, right? And she had to sue to get compensation. Now in America, you can't sue, but how many women really do that? Ask the women who work in retail. Ask the women who work at TJ Maxx and Burlington Coat Factory and Macy's and Saks Fifth Avenue. You ever wonder why you see a certain age group working these jobs? Because younger women can't work those jobs and have children. Because the minute you start having children, it puts a strain on your finances. Today, in most parts of the, the country, there are no such thing as benefits. When they tell you they're offering you health insurance, the health insurance is unbelievable. You pay more for it, <laughs> right? But they still say they're giving you jobs. That's what they are. They're jabs at your standard of living. These are the issues. Now, in other parts of the world, like they studied the same thing that's happening in the U.S. is happening in Britain and most first world countries. What is happening in Nigeria? Of course, people just have children. And the children just grow up. But what are the resources that the society has to offer those children? Do you see where I'm coming from? So when they look at it in Japan, for instance, they're looking at, we need to provide more incentives so women can stay home and have children. Why? For population purposes. So what you're finding then is that people, you'll find a whole lot of people. This is what you're seeing now. A whole lot of people are living in the urban areas and people are not living in the rural areas. That's why they're giving us manufactured foods because there are no farms. You know, you have weather conditions. We've been planting on the same land for a hundred years. We have let the land lie fallow. So it resuscitates. We just keep planting. So we put chemicals on the land, it goes in the water and then it affects all our health. And then people are not being farmers anymore because it's not productive. 
you can't you have your crops last year when they had the uh they had to give farmers subsidies and farmers get a lot of subsidies when guess what happened they lost a lot of milk they were pouring milk down the drain i was saying there are a lot of homeless shelters across the country we could find places where we could put that america has always tried to impose their standards on other countries what is wrong with that though if we have a good standard that is good for others what's wrong with that what do you think is wrong with that what is wrong with america if it is good what is wrong with getting other countries to see it? what you're saying is that it may not work for their society okay depending on what's going on in their society is that it is that your argument okay i can see that but i think because we tend to have access to more information and we do more research we tend to think that it is good it is better for you maybe it's the messaging and the delivery that is off because maybe what we should say it would be better if you do this but the thing is we still are facing a population deficit though we still are facing a population deficit in other words what i'm saying is one group of some most people are not having enough children and if we're not then we're not say, let, let me remind you of something do you remember uh i think it was two years ago two years ago it's now 2019 maybe it was 2017 when there was this immigration crisis in europe remember when people were leaving africa and trying to get into europe Okay, we need to talk about it.